from Kurtco Media. This episode was recorded pre-COVID at Kurtco Media's Malibu Studios. Candice Mundell is my soul sister and was my very first guest for the Life Done Better podcast. She brings so much light and clarity to difficult subjects. She is a joy to listen to. Life Done Better. This podcast is produced for all the unicorns who strive to create a life on their own terms, don't take life too seriously, and are on a mission to make a positive impact in this world. In the show, we're getting real about daily struggles and obstacles and how to best navigate through difficult times and challenges in life so you can make better decisions for yourself and feel healthy, confident, and aligned. Feel less alone and more connected. We're in this together. From my heart to yours. Candace and I met seven years ago at a casting. She came up to me and asked with a big smile if I was models do eat. <laughs> it's funny how we get identified as our Instagram accounts these days. We instantly connected. We exchanged numbers, got together for lunch that same week. And from that moment on, we became soul sisters. When we get into conversations, we get sucked in it for three hours and always feel so energized and happy afterwards. In these conversations, we share the real stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly. At times, we wished we had recorded the insights, the clarity, and giggles. This girl is so insightful, smart, and authentic. She is a treasure that I like to share with you. Candace traded her modeling and acting career to become a spiritual coach, helping her clients heal emotional wounds. She is certified in spiritual psychology and an INN health coach. Candice has a successful YouTube channel and offers online healing courses around emotional wounds, toxic relationship dynamics, and self-love. She teaches people how to give themselves permission to heal and live an authentic life. Candice, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Candice, um, you recognize me as Models Do Eat, and I remember your Instagram account was called The Truth Room because you were all about sharing your truth with yes. everybody. Yes, that's true. But I do remember just your big smile and you coming up to me, and I was like, wow, this is, you know, who, like, she, she just looked like an angel to me. Mm-hmm. And when people say, oh, yeah, let's hang out, uh, oftentimes, <laughs> you know, you don't. And you called me right after the casting, and you're like, let's go for lunch. Girl, I don't mess around. I just remember seeing you and we were both actually asked to be coaches on this TV show, this web show. That's right. And that's why I remember seeing you that day in the studio. And so when I saw you at the casting, I was like, that's the one. That's the girl. And if it's not, whatever. But I think that's the girl. And then we just started talking and we didn't want to stop. And I think we almost missed the casting. Yeah, we didn't care about it anymore. We're just yeah. like, you know, you're now we didn't my care about best it anyway. friend. <laughs> you know, you, do you remember what the casting was for? I sure do. Can I say? Yes. Botox. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I think we were there to meet each other. That's true. I really do. But, screw yeah, Botox, and we, really. and we did not get the job. We looked too good. That's right. Too well, young. at least that's what we said. <laughs> that that's what good. we like to believe. Yeah. All right, Candace, I want to dive right in. You were born with a heightened intuition and uh, an emotional sensitivity. You were diagnosed with ADHD. Your parents followed doctor's advice to medicate you, but it was numbing your personality and your feelings. Now, you were telling me you had an out-of-body experience at age 16 on your birthday, 
and you got off the mat soon after at age 17. Can you tell me a bit more about this journey and, and guide us to your big aha moment, breaking free from the medication and what happened after that? Oh, how much time do we have? <laughs> I remember, actually, I had a conversation with my mom last week about it. And she said, I finally want to give you your baby book. And I was like, uh-oh, why? And she goes, because you understand things much more than we ever did. It was kind of amazing because I remember, actually, um, around two years old when people say, oh, the terrible twos. It wasn't that for me. It was I was feeling so much tension in my house with my parents and what they were going through. And I didn't know how to express it. And that continued through my childhood of being great in really nice environments. And then when there was toxic things not being talked about, I would react like I was the one letting it all out for you. I didn't have words for that, but that actually created a lot of stress for me in school. I couldn't focus. And instead of focusing, I would have like imaginary friends. I would um, not really pay attention in school, but then get all the right answers for like whatever they were asking me to do. And at one point, the teacher went to my mom, who's also a teacher, and said, we're concerned. Like she's doing long division problems and she's not doing the long division. Like how does she know the answers? Is she cheating? And how did you know? I just knew. I looked at it and I, I saw certain things and I would just know the answer. It was really strange. I can't, still can't explain it. And so I went in for an IQ test and they were like, your kid's a genius. So anyway, what they decided to do because I was, you know, intelligent but doing things differently was to put me on Ritalin so I would do it their way. And, um, and what that age did they start you on? Seven. So that was the start of me feeling this, like, I'm in jail, they got it wrong feeling that I lived with for a really long time. And did my you mom, feel your personality change? Like, did yeah. you remember, like, oh, yeah. the difference? Yeah. I felt numbed out and nervous all the time. Um, and I was on the drugs for 10 years. So just to skip forward, um, they would take me off the drugs in the summer so I would grow because it was stunting my growth a lot. I was always the tiniest, smallest little kid. Um, they would take me off the drugs in the summer and I'd have the best time. I, I don't really remember my school year. I remember my summers because I was just me. And you I was, were out of school. I was out of school. And I can just and be myself. you weren't causing any trouble. No trouble. No need to focus. Yeah. And so <laughs> do you think that a lot of other people that may be highly sensitive have been diagnosed with ADHD and are actually misdiagnosed? I coach a lot of parents because they're like, look, we don't want to medicate, but we don't know what's going on. And now I know what's going on. It's attention dialed to a higher dimension. ADHD for me, in most cases, not all, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying it's misunderstood. Attention dialed to higher dimension for me was as soon as I brought spirituality into my life and mindfulness, my whole life changed. And see, what we don't have in schools, we don't have that higher realm of really knowing who we truly are from the inside. We're guided outside. We're guided to disconnect from inner guidance and look for external cues. And even though that works for society, it doesn't work for our empowerment. And so when I started waking up to this in my teen years, because thankfully my parents had gotten a divorce, my dad started dating this woman who was a spiritual healer. Oh, so that's the turning point. That was the turning point. I think I was 11. And she said to me, there's nothing wrong with you. You have a gift. And I remember being like, what's that mean? I don't want something different. I don't want to be different in any way. She's like, no, it's not like, you know, you're better than anyone. You're just different and they don't understand you, but we do. And I was like, whoa, I'm going to be fine. And then what happened on my 16th birthday is I was at this convention center with 2,000 kids um, from around the world 
talking about God and talking about spirituality and talking about, at the time, religion. And what was interesting was I remember looking up at the big, you know, there's huge TV screens of a preacher preaching to all these kids. And all of a sudden, I think it was the vibration. I Sounds weird. I lifted out of my body and I started looking around the room and everyone I looked at looked like me. I was like, whoa, even the preacher, I saw myself on the screen. I'm like, and then I knew something was going on, but I didn't really know what. So I, I remember looking at my friend Megan. I go, do you see yourself right now? She said, "What? are you okay, babe? Are you okay? And like her touching me brought me back in. And I remember thinking to myself, there is no separation. Everyone is you. And everything started dropping in. So that's when I stopped taking the medication. Wow. How, like, how do you decide being on a drug for 10 years, mm -hmm. your parents obviously having, you know, the best intentions, mm -hmm. putting you on it, but now knowing that, you know, you obviously, and you had weeks or months in summer that you're like, wow, I can really feel different and I feel so much better. I'm like mm -hmm. myself and I want to constantly feel like this. But mm -hmm. how do you then decide to really go off? I was going to Japan and I got really scared that, uh-oh, like my old wounds started coming in that I'm not going to be good enough, that I'm going to mess this up in some way, and I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I can't mess it up. It's got to be perfect. So I was taking medicine like two times a day or three times a day at that point, like little little doses. And they wanted to put me on a time release so I didn't have to worry about it because I was going to be in another country. I had castings all day. So they gave me these time release pills. So it was one a day, and I was really happy about that. But it was way too strong for me. And it took away my appetite, and I lost like 20 pounds in a month. I was already so skinny. I lost 20 pounds in a month. I was 90 pounds when I got to Japan, and they were like, we can't work with this. You look sick. Oh, gee. I got home, and I said, wow, something is making me different than I am, and all I'm supposed to be in this world is what I truly am. I'm taking myself off. And I just cold turkey, and there was no problems. I went to college after that, got straight A's. Like, there was no problems. What I had learned to do was do it my way and make it work. Wow. Well, I, I applaud you for making that decision and for not, you know, letting it drag on more, right? Because you can be on it for many more years or decades before you actually realize that you're not living your, you know, your potential. Yeah. And, uh, and and here you are with me in the studio <laughs> talking about all this because you're so aligned with what you do. And I'd like to like touch on emotional wounds. You talk a lot about emotional wounds and unlike physical wounds that we can see, how do we detect emotional wounds? Gosh, there's so many different ways. You know, when you have insecurities, you have a lot of triggers, relationships trigger you in certain ways, you're afraid to speak up, you're afraid to shine, you have anxieties, all these things direct you towards a belief system that is not aligned with who you truly are. And we're not taught that in school, so people don't know what to do with it. I'm, I'm chronically insecure, I'm chronically anxious, I need to take a pill. I'm always like, well, maybe, but let's try this first. Let's do some inner work. Let's find out what is that trigger. Let's dive into it. I like to get really real about how I feel so I can heal. That's what I tell everyone. Get real about what you feel. Don't just say I have anxiety. What is it saying? Give it a voice. Right. What would it be saying if it could say something? And oftentimes I hear when I when I coach my clients like, I don't know. Yeah. And then I say, but yeah. what if you would know? And then, you know, just so they, they feel invited to give an answer and not hold back. And you don't have to say it perfectly. You don't have to know exactly how to express yourself, but give it a word. To me, why I brought you on the podcast, because mm -hmm. I feel like this is 
something that we all need in our lives. We all need our Candice in our lives. Oh, <laughs> I love you. A dose of Candice <laughs> instead of the ADHD medication. <laughs> and so um, you also talk a lot about toxic relationships and how mm. do we recognize if we are in a toxic relationship? Okay, so there's many different forms, but kind of back to what you just said about when you speak about what you're feeling. So, so many people are in relationships and they don't talk about it because they're like, oh, that's normal, or it reminds me of when I was growing up, so it feels similar. When you talk, you de-shame yourself, right? So what I say to people is just tell me the truth about what you're going through. Nine times out of 10, a a toxic relationship is basically, the biggest sign is anxiety, Are you having anxiety? Do you feel like you can't be who you truly are in every moment? You're on eggshells. You're not sure how they're going to be. That's a form of codependency. It's a form of energetic codependency and relational. And what that means is I can't be me and still feel connected to you. If that is in your relationship, you are in a toxic relationship. A relationship should be I'm me, you're you, and together we're even better. Or we at least allow each other to be exactly who we are without judgment. And so I see, you know, hundreds of clients a month Almost everyone has some form of something up in the relationship because we haven't been taught how to be totally empowered in ourselves and not look to the other person for that power, not look to the other person for what? What are we doing? Our identity? So a real toxic relationship is, in my opinion, marked by anxiety or depression. You know, people that Mm -hmm. hurt people are are hurt, hurt, right? And so I find that really powerful because oftentimes, you know, like we will... Look at people that hurt other people or are bitchy or, you know, just not kind. If you can turn it around like, wow, you know, there must be something going on in their lives that it's really messed up and and start feeling compassionate and also approaching them that way. That's where power is, right? When you say, hey, I see you're really angry right now and I don't think it's directed to me. How are you doing? Yeah. And, you know, it takes empowerment to even come from that place because so often we're giving permission slips away. Like, I don't have permission to own what I'm really feeling until you confirm it to me. Like, that's a huge issue. I like to teach people to give themselves permission to heal, meaning, well, what do you feel? You validate it yourself. You don't need it from anyone else who's not living inside your body. Validate yourself. Move forward with aligned action. Okay, I'm feeling this. This is real. I'm going to go forward. But what we oftentimes do is we're like, I'm feeling this, but maybe I shouldn't. Or maybe I'm feeling it because there's something wrong with me. Or maybe don't question what you feel. Move towards it. And some truth will come forward to validate what you're feeling. Yeah, because what you feel is yours and no one else can say anything about it. I think that's where we're going to take a little break because um, we are going to talk next about your transition from acting, modeling to um, being of service as a spiritual coach. Hello out there. This is Jenny Curtis. I am a podcast producer at Kurt Co. Media, and I am currently sitting alone in a very empty podcast studio surrounded by hand sanitizer, (laughs) and I'm recording this in an effort to reach out. It's not an easy time right now. We don't know what the day-to-day is going to look like for the next few weeks, even months, so I'm proposing something. Let's all make something together. Kurt Co. Media has launched a podcast called A Moment of Your Time. These are bite-sized episodes, and each one features you out there. Go to kurtco.com slash a moment of your time for more information. We may have to stay apart, but let's create together.
So Candace, being in the spotlight as an actress and model, living a Hollywood lifestyle that many dream of, and then retreating to Malibu and being of service is quite a big change. How did you make the switch? Was there something specific that happened that made you decide it was time to change careers? I just was wanting this for so long and didn't know if it would ever really happen to let go of that world, but it did. And it did pretty gracefully, honestly. Um, I was at the point of sabotaging my last relationship. So I thought, I thought it was me sabotaging because I didn't know yet. And what I, what I was really doing was running from things that weren't working for me and not knowing how to have a boundary and say, this isn't working, I'm going. So I'd create things to make myself have to leave. And I didn't want to do that pattern anymore. And I realized that my career was part of it. I was in this system that was based on externals, right? All and about looks. Yeah, all about looks, all about what everyone else thinks of you, all about, oh, you can't make money unless you do this right. It was just really controlled by a system that I did not internally agree with. So I had this internal fight all the time of why can't I just agree with this? It's my livelihood. It's really fun. It's what people say is so cool. But my inner world was saying, I hate this. And and I, I do remember so many occasions where I was still, you know, like very much into it. I was like, hey, this is my main job. You know, this is what's paying my bills. You were bitching about the drive from Malibu to Hollywood, Beverly Hills, to castings. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. And I'm like, really? I mean, you know, it's always the money, right? Because it's kind of like a, an addiction where you're like, wow, this is cool. And there's more money. And there's, you know, it's always that next phase where I'm like, yeah, this is not exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. But before you know, you're 15 years into it. Yeah, it's definitely a vortex that you get sucked into. I really remember early on, I always wanted to reach my highest potential. Now, I thought that meant rich, famous, success, like the best guy or date, like all this shit they tell you, which is not true. And I, um, I thought, well, why do I, why am I so unhappy when I'm doing the dream? Like, I'm crazy to, to quit this. I'm working every day. Right. I have what everyone would want mm -hmm. in this business. And, and they I'm, applaud you for it, too. And they applaud you for it. And they're like, wow, you, whatever. And I remember thinking, what's wrong with me that I am not feeling this? And I felt bad for complaining. And I felt whatever. Like with you, I would call you and I'd be like, oh, my God, why am I going? I don't want to be doing this. And I finally said, you know what? You're obviously not in alignment with your soul. Time to do that. So it was pretty easy for me. I think I was 30 at the time. And I remember meeting my now husband and I told him, I'm really, really unhappy. I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, okay, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to be a spiritual teacher. I want to do what I came here to do. I want to do what fulfilled me and made me so happy as a kid. I believe that I have this ability to shift things in that field and I want to do it. And he's like, Okay, let's do it. So I had that support. And I remember, um, so I applied to school at University of Santa Monica for spiritual, spiritual psychology. And a week after that, I mean, things happened really fast. I got this casting <laughs> test. <laughs> when you get test. clear on things, things happen really fast. It's a fast. big when test. You make decisions. Totally. Yeah. And I got this casting for this huge show to be the lead. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm dumb. This is when I'm going to make it. I got to do it. Didn't want to. Got to do it. I auditioned for it. Wow, it's up to you and one other girl. I'm like, I'm going to get this series, and I'm going to be stuck in this career. And why am I complaining about lots of money and fun? Because I don't want to do it. And so I called my agent one night, and I'm like, I'm really sorry. Uh, I can't. 
And I started having a meltdown. I started crying. Like my soul was screaming, do not do this. And I didn't know why, but I felt it. So he's like, you're making a big mistake, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, you know, we didn't talk for a while. I went into school full on. I started shifting from my social group into the spiritual fun group. You have to surround yourself with different people too. It was everything for me. Then I'm still modeling. I'm with Wilhelmina. I've been with them forever. We're friends and stuff. And I I would go in there and be like, look, I only want to do things that are aligned with my brand now. And they're like, okay. And then I got the Lululemon thing. And like all these things started aligning and it still didn't feel good. I was like, no, this isn't it. So hung on for a few more years. And then finally, it was almost like I needed a big event. On my 40th birthday, I was like, complete. Now I'm done. I have the permission inside myself to fully align with everything I'm doing and go all in. As soon as I went all in, my whole vortex, love that word today, opened up and everything started rolling. I did this YouTube video for my friend. She's a celebrity actress. She had this um, YouTube channel called Your Zen Life. And she asked me, she's like, I want to share what you're doing. You're changing lives. And I hadn't done it professionally yet. I was just in school and graduating from school. And I just started sharing things with people. And she's like, you need to be on my channel. So I did a video and I got 100 emails that week about wanting to coach with me. I see those emails come in and I'm like, wow, she's, you know, she's going for it. Oh, like, you're on my you, newsletter? Yes. Oh, yay. I am. <laughs> and, you know, what I really love about following you on Instagram is that people really write in. They share about what they're going through. They thank you because they have never really either shared their feelings like that before. They've been highly misunderstood. And so I feel that um, you are the epicenter of a huge shift in society. I think it's amazing that you have committed to that path because it's not easy. And, you know, you are dealing with a lot of drama, and, but you convert it to something more positive and happy and an, an empowerment. Thank you for saying that. It almost made me a little emotional because it's my dream. You know, people freak out. They do. They write me deep, deep messages every day. And it's so incredible. But I believe, you know, people always say, what's your why? Like, why are you doing what you do? Why? Because I needed what I am when I was them. I'm talking to the young me that had zero emotional validation. I have this um, monthly membership group that I host called The Truth Room. And I have 200 members right now from all over the world. And we come together every week and they, they cry and they say, I don't feel alone anymore. It's the first time I feel understood. And I say, well, here's your, here's your tribe. Here's and your people, tribe. people always ask me, like, how did you find your tribe? And I said, I didn't. I had to create it. Yeah. You teach what you needed to learn most. Yes. And that's yes. way more powerful than just learning something from a textbook. And yeah, going there like, is oh, no right, textbook let me with tell that. you what to do. <laughs> now, this is what I went through, and I hope this is going to help you yeah. to find a better way, to make better decisions, to, to live a better life. To love yourself yeah. as yourself, your true self. And I think you have to have courage to go out there in a way that no one else does. Because maybe you'll be rejected, but maybe you won't. And what I find is to be able to validate one person in their pain, when you're alone in pain, you're suffering. When you're with others in pain, you elevate. And that's the reality. And so when you get really truthful about it and you know you're not going to be judged, you rise and you connect. And that's what we're all searching for is, can I be connected to being who I am? So I love it. I, I mean, there's nothing better. For people that do know what they, you know, what's kind of missing in their lives, how can they take action to take excellent care of themselves? Because Mm -hmm. 
knowing and doing is, you know, completely different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what is the, the thought that could lead to the action? Yeah, I love this question. Uh, so what I started doing is I started waking up every morning because now I had the ability to make choices based on me, not on a career, not on someone's opinion. And it was really like, wow, this is exciting. It's scary. Yeah. So I was having a lot of like chill downtime. And I said to myself, what would someone who loves themselves do? Ooh. Oh my goodness, someone who loves themselves would not be drinking wine when they're inflamed. Someone who loves themselves would say, sorry, honey, can't share in the dessert you really want me to eat because I love myself more than the pain I'm going to experience. I started having to make decisions that made me feel a little bit left out again, decisions that made me feel a little bit different. But in doing that, I always felt better. I always felt like, well, I'm aligning with me over you. I'm aligning with me. And if you still accept that, wow, we're a healthy friendship or we're a healthy relationship. And my husband started loving it after a while because he's like, oh my God, you're so good. You're so much happier. You're so much better. So I knew that that was not a toxic relationship. And I built this really beautiful, loving relationship with myself. I was having a toxic relationship with my damn self, which is why I had a toxic body. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one to actually like be honest about. Totally. Oh, you know what? I'm actually not treating myself right. Or Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm in a toxic relationship and not pointing at someone else. Because when you are pointing at someone else, there's also three fingers pointing back at you. Well, it was also, you know, taking responsibility, but realizing I was living again for survival money, right? Can't, you know, can't eat right, can't do this right, gotta work. I was also picture perfect. Picture perfect. I was also living for just other people in a way. And I came back to myself and I was like, what would happen if you totally lived for you? And all of a sudden, more and more and more, it took years to do all of that because there's so many dimensions to this. And I designed my lifestyle to work for me rather than work for anything or anyone else. And that's when I was like, whoa, there's something in this. So initially you felt maybe a little bit excluded. Yeah. And then, you know, really, truly on like and being honest to yourself and taking the action steps that you needed to be happier, you actually felt more connected because the relationship didn't really change. It was just that you stood your ground. Years ago, started saying, I don't drink, I would get a lot of resistance. <laughs> like, oh, why don't you drink? You know, you start getting really uncomfortable explaining why you don't drink. And then I came up with one simple answer. Mm. And it was so so wonderful. And I still use it today because it doesn't make me feel good. Totally. All, all you need to know. Let's see what you just said was the key word, feel. And that's what people don't think about when they're doing things sometimes. And what I learned to do is I'm going to live in alignment with what feels good to me regardless of you. That's and right. when you do that, you don't feel the pressure. Even though you see it, you're like, well, they're obviously not doing that. Maybe I'll be the example of it because I ain't going to change it. Once you really start to love yourself, it's a word, but when it integrates in your body as a feeling and a lifestyle, there is no compromise. There is this unapologeticness about your life where you're like, there is no choice. I'm going to do what someone who loves themselves does. And I think that's truly what embodies uh sexy a sexy person a confident person totally. when you see someone and doesn't you know it doesn't mean that that person has, has to be in the best shape or you know like look you know look like a model or at all it's in so many little things that can make someone feel like that star or bright light mm-hmm. and that to me is more sexy than anything I think what you're talking about, I've been noticing this in people lately because it's really attractive, right? It yeah. is. It's this energy. And it's almost like this integration. Like you're, wow, that's a complete person. That makes sense. The way they dress, the way they talk, the way they feel. Whoa, I like that. It's yeah. this attraction that is unspeakable, really. 
but you know it when you see it because you feel so good around they're, they're it. They're unapologetically themselves. They're real. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So I, um, I've been doing triathlons for the past three years. I feel more motivated to train when I sign up for a race, and I feel so healthy and strong, and I spent more time in nature, so it's a win-win for me. Last year, Candace said you wanted to do your first triathlon. You first said, no, I don't really swim, but then you changed your mind a few weeks later. Tell me what the battle was in your mind and what made you say I'm doing it. Well, can we talk on fear a little bit? Yeah. So this past year and a half has been a monumental transition for me of losing so many things that meant so much to me. And I was forced into this insane amount of emotional pain and actually emotional joy that came from that. And what it really was was me facing any and all fear that I still had, you know, losing my job, love of my life, losing my house in a fire, like crazy things happened this year. And all my clients were like, how are you so good still? And I said, it made me better because I'm more in my body. I'm not out there putting my fear on things that can leave. I put it in me saying, I'm going to be as lovely as I can as I face fear. And so when Honeybee passed, it was right around the time you were asking me to do this. I was like, I can't handle it. And then what happened was I'm like, no, that's what's changed for me is anything that really scares the shit out of me, I'm really excited about. And I think people let fear change their minds, but I'm excited about expanding in ways that I'm maybe not amazing at yet. Or, you know, I don't need something to confirm that I'm enough. I know that I am. So knowing that and coming from a place of fullness, things aren't scary. It's scary when we think we need something outside of us or we won't be enough or it's like like the weirdest thing that we do as humans. Absolutely. We deny ourselves amazing experience because we're scared. Candice, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. I hope everyone that's been listening in has felt the radiant energy that she exudes. She is so beautiful. I'm going to post pictures of her so you can actually see (laughs) the beauty behind this wonderful, warm voice. Thank you so much for being my very first guest on the podcast. So special. You've made me look like a star. You are. (laughs) Hey, it's Jill. The one thing we cannot buy more of is time. Time is precious. And I am so grateful that you chose to spend time listening to my podcast. There's a lot more I'd like to share with you, so don't forget to subscribe to Life Done Better on your favorite podcast app. And stay in touch. If you have a question or a topic you want to hear discussed on the show, shoot me a message on Twitter at underscore Life Done Better. We all deal with a lot in our lives, and it's freeing to talk about it openly. From my heart to yours, thanks for listening. Kirkco Media. Media for your mind.